This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan in beautiful, cold Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Check out the fun stuff over at 1250amthefan.com. If you are a fan of the Green Bay Packers, we'll have a new interview that I did earlier today with Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast, about a 15-minute interview. That'll be up uh, tomorrow morning. If you want to check that out on uh, Wednesday morning at 1250amthefan.com. Jake Kokorowski, we're going to talk to him on Wednesday. That will be up on the fan website on Thursday, talking about the Badgers uh, football season and what lies ahead for them and the, as far as recruiting, the transfer portal, and all that fun stuff. Again, that'll be up Thursday morning at 1250 amthefan.com if you're a Badger football fan. Nathan Marzion, he is here. He is the world traveler. You can follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. Uh, okay, so first, let's 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 rewind a little bit here, Marzion. Uh, you uh, had the uh, chance to get into a car with your boys. Uh, like you always do, and road trip it up, leading the leaving, uh, leading the single life like I used to do back in the day, and uh, you guys road tripped it to Cleveland, Ohio, for the Bucks Cavaliers game. Do tell uh, us about the road trip and so forth, and then we'll get to the Pacers and concern about you know them beating the Bucks three times. Damian Lillard, uh, maybe with uh, some concern about how the Bucks are handling him. We'll get to that, and then of course Nathan's Twitter poll question of the day. That's all still to come, but we're going to start talking about Nathan's life. Uh, and then we'll get to the, the the fun buck stuff. Okay, so tell me about the road trip. Yeah, no, it was fun. We we had had this plan for a little bit of time now. Um, kind of when the schedule came out, we knew we wanted to try to get to places like Cleveland. We were gonna go to uh, Detroit's pretty close. We're going there in a couple weeks, and then um, Chicago was when we didn't get to go to last year, so we wanted to go there. I haven't been there yet. Um, last year we did Minnesota and Indiana, and those were both fun. So this year we're doing the other kind of close arenas um to have our little road trips you know they they fell on fridays or saturdays so it kind of worked out and so yeah we went to the bucks Cavs game um glad they turned it around in that game and won because for the first quarter and a half it was like it just was looking like it was gonna be one of those games where they just couldn't really get anything going and they were gonna you know lose by 20 and i was like man this is gonna suck if this is just we have to sit through you know for after being in the car for six hours you know you gotta um sit through this game but they turned it around. It was fun. It was it was good to see them play really well in the second half, come back, win that game. Um, the environment was pretty cool. Like I thought it was a, a pretty cool arena. Um, the city's fine. You know, I mean, it's Cleveland. It's nothing special, but it's probably like a worse version of Milwaukee, in my opinion. You know, neither of them is very flashy or anything. But, um, you know, I think I, I definitely like Milwaukee better based on, you know, just walking through it and everything. But I didn't think it was – I think you could also make the argument it's not as bad as – people you know make it seem um and the same thing is with milwaukee where i feel like everyone makes it sound like milwaukee's trash and super boring and there's nothing to do and it's like 
okay, it's not that bad. You know, Milwaukee's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it was it was fun. We ended up going out after the game, and then I had to make it back the next day by one o'clock. I had to make it back to Milwaukee for the Marquette game at Pfizer at one o'clock. So had to wake up bright and early and after being out all night and then uh, get back for the Marquette game. And then we went out after the Marquette game. It was just, a, it was a long, long couple days. And then next day was new year's. So it's been, it's been a long three days, long four days. And then the next day I went to the, the Bucks Pacers game. So a lot's been going on, but yeah, again, it was fun to see them get a win. It was a fun to take a little road trip. And I'm looking forward to the one in a couple weeks against the uh, the Pistons. We're going to that game. So, yeah, Detroit. Well, I, I, again, I mean, Detroit. I mean, if you're into casinos and stuff like that, I mean, Detroit can be fun. I guess um, it can be okay. Uh, just you know, be careful when you're there. Uh, yeah, Cleveland. Cleveland was fun. I mean, I I've been to Cleveland uh, a couple of times. One first time, not so good. It was. Uh, the weekend after Art Modell announced he was moving them to Baltimore. Um, and we got off the plane and we were wearing Packer gear. And literally the people in the Cleveland airport were chanting, you know, go pack, go. We hope you kick their ass, blah, 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 blah. Because they were so pissed off at Art Modell and the Browns. There was a dude at the game and it was Memorial uh, County Stadium back in Cleveland. It was in worse shape than County Stadium in Milwaukee at the time, which I didn't think was possible. It was just a complete hellhole. Um, and there was people like holding like a, like a dead art model, like uh pinata or whatever in the stands. And, oh my God, model wasn't even at the game. Like he wasn't in his suite. Cause I think he was scared for his life at that point. Um, it was just weird, but like everybody, that trip was rude. Like the restaurants, everywhere we went, people were just rude. And I was like, these people are pissed off about this Browns thing. Like, and it's affecting everybody's mood. So then I hadn't been back for years. And then me, a couple of my buddies did what you all did, kind of, sort of. And we did this long road trip uh, where, you know, we did a Tigers game. We did a Lions training camp. We did the Hall of Fame game in Canton, the football game. We did a Cleveland Indians game, a Cincinnati Reds game. We did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Did all of that over the course of like a week. Knocked all these different sporting events out and went from city to city. That was a lot more fun that time. Cause we got to go to Brown's training camp, which was fun. Rock and roll hall of fame was a lot of fun Did three hours there. Uh, so that's cool. Detroit. Again, I guess it all depends where you are in Detroit and, and all of that stuff. As far as how that goes, I've never been to a Pistons game, so I can't speak on that. Uh, but yeah, just, it's not Indianapolis or Minneapolis. I promise you that much. It's, it's not that. Uh, so <laughs> y'all have fun and I can't wait to hear how that experience goes, but that like you got to go to the Pacers game uh, back uh, in, in Milwaukee, uh, yesterday. And they just, I mean, Lillard couldn't shoot obviously. Uh, and the fourth quarter wasn't pretty. Uh, the question is, should the bucks be concerned about the Pacers not having beaten them three times with uh, another encounter coming up in Indiana because of this dumb schedule, uh, in Indiana on Wednesday, but any concern here, because Giannis pretty much said that this is a concern for the most part, because look, you know, a lot of times you go into a series like there's no way they're beating us four times. Well, if Indiana wins on Wednesday, they've beaten them four times in the regular season, which means it's very possible to happen, you know, in the postseason if they can do it in the regular season. So I think there is some concern and urgency from the Bucks trying to make sure that the, the last time they see these guys is going to be a win in Indiana. So we'll see how they play on Wednesday. But from your perspective, having been there, watched all these games coming off of that crazy last game where Giannis is chasing after the ball and chasing after the team up the tunnel and everything else. 
how concerned are you? Do you think the Bucks should be concerned about this Pacers team? Um, I mean, I'm not. It's not super concerning to me now. Obviously, yeah, you want to win next game. You don't want to go one and four against that team. But um, to me, that doesn't. You know, just because you lose four out of five in the regular season doesn't mean okay. Well, you know that that team easily can beat us four times in the playoffs. I think the playoffs are a completely different game. I think that's a completely different beast. I think everyone approaches it differently. So I don't really look at it too much from that perspective. But, and the other thing is too, the first game they played, the Bucks lost by two and actually had the lead for most of that game, even without Dame. Um, and so that's a game you'd figure that if the Bucks had had everyone in that game, they probably win that game. Um, so to me, I, I mean, yes, it's one and three, but really it's, you know, with, with the teams fully healthy, it's one and two. And, you know, you're playing them again on Wednesday. If you can win that one, you essentially split the series when the teams were healthy. So I don't, I'm not super concerned about it. And I also just think that this team in the regular season, I said this before the first game they played against them, because I thought they were going to get blown out. Um, especially without Dame. I said, I don't think that team is a good matchup for us in the regular season when the bucks are, you know, coasting a little bit, you know, definitely more than they would become playoff time, but there's not that same level of urgency um, in these games. And it's a team that really gets out and runs. It's a team that has a great offense that can really put some pressure on the Bucks defense, challenge their, you know, point of attack defense. And, you know, the, they know they can't guard Giannis and know they aren't a good defensive team, but just their offense and their pace and all that. And their, their youth is something that gives the Bucks trouble in the regular season. Usually like teams that can do that. And I didn't think Indiana like totally outplayed us and just beat us down yesterday. I thought the Bucks just played a bad game. You know, they they were not their their best selves. Dame was obviously very very bad, not even close to where we expect him to be at most games. Um, and I thought, you know, Chris made some mistakes late. He played an overall pretty good game, but he made some mistakes late, and nobody on the bench could step up. It was kind of just like, okay, it, it's Giannis and basically everyone else out here. And you know, again, Chris had his moments, but. I didn't. I I don't expect the Bucks to play like that normally. I don't expect them to, um, and they 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 came out of the gates and and looked good, which was nice to see. But they just weren't able to keep it going the whole game. And again, you kind of needed Dame to to get some more buckets at different points of the game, and he just wasn't able to do that. Um, he wasn't able to carry the load offensively when he usually is able to. So again, I'm not. It's not something overly concerning to me. Even if they did lose tomorrow, now if they got blown out tomorrow okay, that's a, that's a different story. Like you'd think that after losing a game like this, you know, to a team that you've had some beef with that, that there will be, you know, you at least hope that they can fight in tomorrow's game. And if they are going to lose, like they have a better performance than they did tonight or last night. And at the very least are able to, to play a, a pretty good game. So it, it, it a little bit depends on tomorrow, but I'm not, it's nothing that I'm, you know, really panicking about like, Oh my God, they, they can't beat this Pacers team because no, we did see them beat this Pacers team. Not that long ago. We seen, we saw that they have no answer for Giannis unless they throw three guys at him, which they did yesterday. And in that situation, most times I'm going to expect Dame to play a lot better than he did yesterday. And, you know, really capitalize on those open looks. He just, they just missed a lot of shots and didn't play their best game. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, 
or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See, for me, it's interesting. Carlisle, you know, was asked before the game as far as how do you deal with Giannis. He said, do you have any ideas? Uh, so, you know, he goes kind of playing coy. Like, I, I have no idea how we're going to stop this dude. Uh, but when the game started, he he kind of treated it like a playoff game. He game planned for Giannis a little bit in this one where they were running doubles at him as soon as he touched the ball. And even Giannis after the game was like, I don't think I even ever got the ball to bounce it in the post to try and back up against anybody. Because as soon as I touched it, I had two guys on me. And that type of game planning uh, by Carlisle for this Bucks team tells me that in his mind, he has to make sure his team understands that, look, if we get these guys in the playoffs, we can beat them. And this is about instilling confidence in this young basketball team, knowing that there is a chance they could see the Bucs in the playoffs at some point and wanting to be able to reference back to this during the regular season going, look, we beat them. You know, we know how to slow down Giannis. We did it. Uh, we know how to slow down uh, Lillard. Because that was the first thing they did. If you remember, early on, the first time they played Lillard, as soon as he touched the ball, they blitzed him with two guys. And Lillard was like, holy crap. And it would have had to dump off the ball right away. Carlisle is making a, a purpose uh, uh, out of making sure that this young team believes that they can defend this Bucks team. This this Pacers defense is trash most of the year, but when they're playing this Bucks team, they are game planning and getting ready for it. I haven't watched Pacers Boston if they've played or whatever, so I don't know what that looks like. But the, he clearly is game planning for the Bucks, and I would imagine he's game planning for Boston. These other teams that are scoring one thirty on him. He doesn't care about. But he cares about a couple of matchups where he may see him in the playoffs, and that's going to be what this defense really is going to look like when you see him in the playoffs. To me, you know, that's obviously a sign of respect towards the Bucs, being a former, you know, world champion type team, having two great players uh, and game planning. I don't know for certain if Adrian Griffin and this coaching staff is taking them as seriously as the Pacers are taking the Bucs versus that's ah, a regular season game. We're just going to go do what we do and try and do what we do really well not really going to game plan to stop them necessarily. Um, we'll see what happens on Wednesday. Because again, you listen to Giannis talk, he's talking like they need to win this game to make sure this Pacers team doesn't get all full of themselves, uh, you know, to kind of wrap this thing up. So we'll see. Uh, and that's the one thing that we don't know about th this, this Bucks team is when we get to the playoffs and we get to making coaching decisions and adjustments in a series, what is Adrian Griffin and this staff going to look like making their adjustments in a playoff series. Carlisle's won a championship. We know Carlisle can make the adjustments in a series. We don't know about Adrian Griffin, Nathan. Yeah, and and the whole adjustments thing and game planning, that is why, like I said, I am not. I don't take this stuff and compare it to a playoff series too much because, again, a playoff series is so different where you are just nonstop game planning for that team. You, you It's not just one day of, oh, we play the Pacers tomorrow, let's quick check film and, and we play them and that's it. It's like, no, you have – a whole series, a whole multiple weeks of like just getting ready for that team and playing that team so many times in a row. Um, so it's a different thing. I mean, are we, cause you said Carlisle's clearly game planning for the bucks. Are you sure though? I mean, if, are we going to go based on one game out of four that he 
game plan because he didn't game plan in game one because Giannis had 55 in that game. Nope. The game two, Giannis not. had another game game two. Giannis had another big game. Dame had a good game. They did the Bucks just didn't get enough stops. Game three, Giannis had 64. Now, this game was the first game that I saw them change their defense a little bit and actually do something different. Yep. Um, where they sent multiple guys right away at Giannis and at least threw some different look at him. And, you know, again, that might be something that threw off the Bucks a little bit is, you know, again, because if you were looking at the first three games, you would think, okay, they're kind of going to let Giannis go off and hope they outscore him on the other end. And that's not what they did. And so maybe that did throw the Bucks off a little bit, threw Giannis off a little bit. Now Giannis still had a triple-double, 30 points. Um, like, he got his, but I don't know if if Dame was quite ready for that type of those type of looks to be go, going his way as much. I don't know. Um, and again, that's something that in a playoff series, you kind of know, you kind of can plan for that stuff ahead a little bit more. Whereas in these regular season games, it, it just might catch them by surprise more. But that was the first game I've seen them them game plan and change that up. And that's why I think this next game is a little bit more telling because, okay, now you've seen them change that. And so now you've kind of seen it both ways. You've seen them when they're going to let Giannis get his, and you've seen them when they're going to kind of take away Giannis a little bit or to an extent and not let him get his 50 and really throw multiple guys at him. So you should be more ready for that on Wednesday than you were on Monday. Um, so it should be a little bit more telling how they look on Wednesday, given that they've now kind of seen both, both sides of it. All right. Now we take a quick time. I'll come back on the other side. Damian Lillard with some comments after uh, that game in which he struggled, as Nathan pointed out, Bobby Porter struggled too. He couldn't hit uh, anything either in that game. Uh, but Lillard brought up something um, that, that I find interesting and I'm sure there's an adjustment to it. And we want to, we want to talk about that next, as far as should the Bucks be playing more maybe to how Damian Lillard has played in the past. We'll discuss that next green and growing on your Odyssey app or every download your favorite podcast at tell a friend, tell your family members, tell complete strangers in a store. It doesn't matter. Hey, you Bucks fan? Yeah. Listen to Green and Growing. Nathan Marzian, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Check it out. Or if you're on YouTube, Odyssey Sports YouTube page, do it, do it, do it. Like, follow, uh, hit that bell for notifications, all that fun stuff. Subscribe. You know what they tell you to do on all the other podcasts. Back after this, Green and Growing, talking Dame Lillard. Hey, it's C. Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM, The Fan, along with our guy, Nathan Marzian. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Follow him at Nathan Marzian. Uh, should the box be uh, playing more to the way Lillard is used to playing? And what I mean by this is when they talked to Dame Lillard after this game, Lillard pretty much, I, I don't have the exact quote in for me, but pretty much said, look, in my career, I'm used to bringing the ball up and initiating the offense and getting to where I need to get to. And the way that they're currently playing, that's not happening. Because as we've talked about before on this podcast, Giannis is initiating offense. Middleton is initiating offense. He's playing more off of the ball, more catch and shoot. And he's not used to playing that way. So as he puts it, it's it's becoming a, a thing where it's harder for him to get into a rhythm to shoot the basketball when he doesn't have the ball in his hands as often. Because there's possessions, he won't touch the ball down on that side of the floor. And he'll never get the ball. And now he's back on playing defense again. Where before, you can pick and choose where you want to go when you want to shoot. So there's definitely an adjustment period here for Lillard where he's trying to find rhythm in games uh, in a way that he's never had to find that same rhythm before because he's never get never had to play off the ball as much as he's had to do in Milwaukee to this point, which that brings up my question to Nathan is, should the Bucks play more to the way Lillard wants and, and let him kind of run this offense more so than they're doing right now where they're letting Giannis and Middleton uh, you know, kind of run it 
I don't know if it's split. I don't know what the numbers would say if they're each running it like 30% of the time in a game or what it is as far as initiating the offense, but it seems kind of split to a certain degree. What do you say, Nathan? I understand it's it's different than he is used to, but it, I don't think it is as drastically different as people think. Because um, you there, I mean, there's data available on this stuff. I I you can look up like how long a player has the ball per game, how many like how many touches they get, how many his his stuff is not that different than it was last year in Portland. It's not, and it's going to go down a little bit. Obviously, you have Giannis right. you're playing with Chris. Like, of course, he's going to have the ball a little bit less, but he you know that's expected, and that's a as dumb as it sounds, that is a good thing because I don't think he wanted to be in a situation where he is the only guy taking handling the ball. He's the only guy having to do all this work and, you know, the only source of offense on his team. That's there's that's a reason he wanted to go somewhere else is because he's like, I want some help. I want some other guys to have the ball. I want some other guys to be able to do some things. But, I mean, he's, you know, he mentioned he's taking more catch and shoot stuff this year. Um, 34% of his threes this year have been catch and shoot. Last year that was 33.6. He's, you know, and so that to me is like, okay, yeah, you know, a little bit, but not, not, it's not anything drastic. Um, overall time of possession per game, he was at 7.6 minutes per game last year. This year he's at 7.0. And again, I think that's pretty fair and expected given that you're playing on a team with several guys now that can handle the ball and several offensive creators. Um, I, I would not mind at all them giving day more possessions. I wouldn't mind at all them catering even more towards, you know, okay, let's just, let, let's, anytime he's on the court, like the default should be, okay, let's get it to Dame and let him bring it up and use him more on ball. Um, I don't mind that at all. I just don't think it's been this crazy. Like I, I'm not looking at these games going, oh my God, Dame isn't touching the ball. It's like, no, he, he's getting the ball a decent amount still. Now it, it's a little bit different than he's used to. Yeah. But again, that's expected. It's not going to be the same as it was in Portland because it's a completely different situation. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm a little conflicted on it. And it, the other thing is too, like in those, in some of those clutch situations and even just throughout the game, like I had mentioned this earlier a couple of weeks ago where I was like, they, they seem to be game planning. Like they, they want him to be more off ball and he wants to be more off ball, or at least he's okay with it because he would, you know, there'd be time. There's been a couple of times where it's like, Giannis gets a rebound and he's kind of looking at either Dame or Chris and Dame will, and even Dame will kind of be like, Oh, go to Chris. Like he wants to be off ball for a couple possessions. So I never looked at this as they're going against what Dame wants and doing things their own way and trying to use him in a completely different way. No, like it just seems like they've kind of come to an agreement for the most part. And there might be games where it's too much of Chris, too much of Giannis and not enough Dame. Um, but it seems like they came to some type of agreement, like, you know, you're obviously going to get you the ball a lot, but we can use you off ball a little bit more than you're used to. And I think that will help you because the then again, when he's bringing the ball up, it's not as easy to get the ball out of his hands because if he brings the ball up, it's easier to generate a defense against, you know, if you're trying to get Dame points and get Dame going and get Dame scoring, it's easier to do that probably off the ball sometimes than it is always on the ball because, again, he's bringing the ball up. It's a little bit easier to, to get the ball out of his hands by just trapping him and, you know, forcing a pass than it would be when he's off the ball moving around or you're setting picks for him or setting screens for him off the ball, then you can get him open looks. So um, I think there's games that it's going to be a, a little bit uneven and a little bit like, okay, you know, too much of Giannis, too much of Chris, but overall I haven't had a huge issue with it. I think they've gotten pretty good with it as the season has gone along, like getting him the ball. Um, 
But and, and it's also hard when he's struggling so much in a game like that. You're in this position of, okay, do we just feed him because he's Damian Lillard? Or do you go to some other guys? Because that's, again, that's a luxury you have having multiple guys is if one guy's off, you have two other guys you can go to that can get offense. So do you want to keep force feeding the guy that's cold and the guy that's three for 15 from the field just because it's Dame, it's Dame, it's Dame? Or are you like, hey, let's go somewhere else for a couple possessions? I, Again, I don't think there's a totally right answer, but this can all lead to some of these things happening and some of these games happening where, you know, Dame isn't in rhythm. Dame doesn't feel like he's in rhythm. He doesn't get the ball quite as much, blah, blah, blah. So it's it's just something they're going to have to continue to work with. We don't have this question on the dock, but I'm going to ask it anyhow because I feel like it's relevant to what we're talking about. Do you think Lillard has had to make more sacrifice in playing with this team than Giannis Middleton uh, or Brooke Lopez having to play with Lillard? Yeah, probably. I mean, Giannis has sacrificed the like bringing it up all the time part, but I don't think that that's a sacrifice. That's more of just a change. Dame definitely has lost some of those pick and roll ball handler possessions like that I think he was doing and, and just bringing the ball up all the time, all the time in Portland, yes. But again, I is that always a bad thing? As I said before, like, isn't that what you kind of wanted going to a different team is you don't want to have to be the guy that oh, yeah. is, is always bringing it up and, and doing it. And he said that the first game he played after the game, he's like, it was just nice to have some other guys out there that can, you know, carry the load a little bit. And I don't have to be the one making every play. I don't think you have to one have to be the one taking every shot, bringing the ball up every time. It's like, that's part of what makes this team good is that you don't have one guy that has to always bring it up and has to always do everything. That's a reason that the Bucks, you know, failed in the playoffs a couple of times is because Giannis was that only guy and, you know, sure. Yeah. He's your best player. And so he's going to touch the ball the most, but that doesn't always lead to wins. Like it's nice to have multiple guys that can do that. Again, the default should always be Damian Lillard because he's the best at doing that. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be the exact same as it was in Portland. It doesn't mean that it's going to be the same volume that it was in Portland. I think it's going to go, it's going to definitely be slightly less, but again, I, I mean, when I look at those possession time numbers and I look at the catch and shoot stuff and, and all of that, I'm like, it doesn't seem to me like it's drastically different. It doesn't, if I, I'd be worried if it was like, man, he used to be handling the ball 7.6 minutes. And now he's handling it five minutes. Like that's a huge difference. That's like, okay, we're just not using him like Damian Lillard. No, they went down slightly, but he's still among the league leaders in amount of time you know, with the ball per game. I can pull up where he ranks um, if, if you want, just to like give it some perspective of like how much that is. Um, let's see here. You can talk. Really. Actually, hold on, hold on. I'm getting it up, I'm getting it up. So of all players... In time of possession this year, he ranks one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth. Um, behind, you know, the only guys above him are all guards like J uh Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Brunson, Morant, Terry Rozier, Tyrese Halliburton, Maxi, Cade Cunningham. I mean, those are all very high usage players, and then it's Dame right after them. So it, this has not been like Dame does Dame is not touching the ball. I mean, he's still up there among the league leaders. The other thing I want to bring up, because I forgot to bring it up, but we were talking about uh, that last game against the Pacers. I found it interesting, Lillard talking after the game in that one, uh, about the fact that he was kind of chirping at his teammates there in the third quarter, towards the end of the third quarter, of pretty much, y'all, we better get going here. Because if we let them hang around, this is going to be a lot closer of a game, uh, again, that they can maybe steal here in the fourth quarter if we don't start focusing and playing better. 
that's that's something I want to see. I want to see that leadership. I want to see him being more vocal on the bench, kind of warning his team of what's about to occur if you know they don't get their head out of their butt and start playing better. So that was another positive that you know people aren't going to talk about with Lillard, but that type of leadership stuff I, I liked reading. Uh, some of what he had to say uh, in a timeout there in the third. I right, take a quick timeout, come back. Nathan Marzian, a Twitter poll question on a Tuesday concerning the NBA trade deadline. We'll uh, get the question. We'll get the results coming up next. You can follow him at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Download Green and Growing on your Odyssey app. Or if you download your favorite podcast app, check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Like, subscribe, follow, hit that bell for notifications, all that fun stuff. Please do, 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 and tell everybody about it so we can continue to do this fun podcast. Back after this on Green and Growing. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan. Check it out uh, over at 1250amthefan.com for all the latest interviews that we have going on there. Andy Herman, Pack-A-Day Podcast, that'll interview I did with him, talking some Packer football, some Packer offseason. That'll go up on Wednesday morning if you want to listen to it on your Odyssey app or at the website. And then on Thursday morning, Jake Kokorowski from the Wisconsin State Journal talking some Badger football. That interview will be up uh, as well. Nathan Marzian, what was your Twitter poll question of the day concerning the Milwaukee Bucks today on Tuesday? All right. The question was, which of these players do you think is most likely to be traded if you could only pick one? Pat, Marjan, or Bobby? And then I also put an option of you don't think like none are getting traded if you think none of them will be. Um, but I think most people think that probably one of them at least will be. So the results, number one, Pat Connaughton at 40% of people. Number two, Bobby. There you go, at, people. There you go. Number two, Bobby. This, I mean, now this is, again, right. I, I try to make this, which do you there think you will be, which do you think will be traded? Not just who you want to be traded, but I think a lot of people took this as who they want to be traded. Yeah. But anyways, Pat 40%, yeah. Bobby 29%, Marjan 18%, and then 13% said they don't think any of them get traded. Um, my opinion, I kind of, I think the answer is Marjan. And I think it's because I'm guessing if we're going to get some good role player, they're probably going to want Marjan thrown into the deal. Like we don't have a great first asset to attach to a deal with like Bobby or Pat being the number one asset we can throw in a deal. Isn't that great? So I'm guessing teams are going to be like, okay, well we want Marjan thrown in. He's, you know, he's a small contract. And a pick on top of that. And, you know, in addition to Pat or addition to Bobby. So I'm probably going to say Marjan because and I don't know who else, who the other one would be. Because, again, I don't think Marjan's getting traded alone. I don't think that's going to get you. You know, it's not going to get you much. But um, I can't really pick between Pat and Bobby. I just think in most trades, Marjan is probably going. And it's hard for me to – I don't have any confidence that they want to trade Pat or Bobby as much as I think that they – easily could or should, um, particularly with Bobby. I just, it's hard for me to get there and, and really like envision that happening. Like, I think they're going to still have a hard time trading Bobby and, and getting to a place where they're like, all right, let's trade this dude. Cause he's just, you know, he's a, he is important to the locker room. He is, you know, one of those guys. And so it would be difficult for them to trade him. And it's the same thing with Pat, you know, Pat, gets along very well with ownership. Pat gets along very well with the core guys. Pat's been there through the championship. Um, and so it's hard for me to envision. I, I think Pat's probably the least likely given all that stuff um, to get traded. So that's kind of my, I would go Marge on one. I'd go Bobby two and I'd go Pat three in terms of who I predict is most likely to get traded. 
I think the more I think about how this is going to work, I think it's going to be a three-team trade. And I think Portis or Connaughton go to a team that's similar to the Bucs, that's a playoff-type contender that needs that type of player. Uh, I think Marjan ends up going to the team that's giving up the defender that you're getting, uh, but as a team that maybe isn't all that good per se at the end of the day. Um, and they get a young guy to add to their young group of players. Now, again, you know, do those players exist in Houston, uh, in Detroit, um, in those type of teams where they're just awful um, or not that good, but they have a Houston, lot of I young have, guys. Houston, hey, give Houston some. Houston is like above 500. Yeah, well, they're not going to win anything, though. Uh, and again, no. he's doing a hell of a job coaching, by the way. He he deserves a lot of credit. And the yeah. way that thing ended in Boston, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, but he's a hell of a coach, and he's proving it again in Houston. Uh, but yeah. they're not there yet, necessarily. Uh, but my, my, my point is, some of these young teams that are you know looking to shed some salary or whatever uh, kind of going forward, um, and that's why that third team gets involved to take that salary, like, you know, whoever, I don't know, pick a team that may be involved. You know, the Kings are, are involved in all these trade talks. The Lakers are involved, are being brought team, up in trade talks. A team that I was looking at today, and again, I don't, it, I haven't been able to like make a really good trade work in the trade machine, but a team that you kind of mentioned could use their, their contender-ish, they are a contender, that could use a Bobby Portis. Um, and get a Marjan on top of that, or, or even if you know Marjan was going somewhere else, they could at least use Bobby. Is the Thunder because they really do need some size. They're really yes. poor. Re- they're poor rebounding teams. So that's a team that you could throw Bobby over there, and then you know even, they might take Marjan too because again they're young. They might take more youth. I don't know. Or Marjan goes to a middle team, and you know whatever. But I'm I was kind of exploring some stuff today. It's just hard to make a good trade work for all all three teams. I mean, you look at a team like the Bulls, I think we all believe they're going to blow that thing up here. Um, so as parts start getting scattered all over the NBA, once they blow this thing up, maybe the Bucks are able to get the defender that way. By you know, Maybe Bochamp ends up in Chicago, Portis ends up somewhere else. Who knows? I, 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 just, I think that's how this is going to go. I think it's going to end up being a three-way trade of some sort. Now, again, I threw out that Lillard trade before it happened, kind of pie-in-the-sky stuff. And then it ended up happening. So never count out John Horst in getting a player that he wants and figuring out a way to, you know, give up second round draft picks in the year 3000 uh, in order to be able to get a player that he wants uh, at the end of the day. So we'll just have to wait and see Uh, of those. You said Bochamp, probably the most likely I would agree. I think Bochamp goes in the deal too, but I think he's attached to one of those other two. That's the reason I agree with you. It's hard. That's the reason I'm picking Bochamp is because I'm like, Okay, I'm pretty confident he'll be attached to whichever of the other two it is. Whereas I, I think I, I can't tell which of those other two it will be. So I think the more likely one is Marjan. I think regardless, there's a decent chance he's attached yeah. to the deal. Um, now, are you are you all in on like they need to trade Pat? No, I just I, no. I mean, I know they're not going to probably. I just am not a Pat Connaughton guy. We all know that I'm not a Pat yeah. Connaughton guy. He drives me nuts. Um, but, now he's found uh, a corner shot, a corner three point shot that he hits sometimes, which is nice. And when he gets going, he can be a, a huge factor off the bench, but he's just not a consistent scorer off the bench. He's a high energy effort guy, which is great. You know, the other reason he's not going to get moved, you talk about being the glue guy and all that other stuff. I mean, Lillard have a relationship because they play together. So now you add Lillard into this mix. He ain't going to want to get rid of Connaughton either. Um, so that's another reason I, I just, 
I think Connaughton is here until they blow this thing up after Giannis, probably as long as he wants to be here. Yeah, that's there's a big reason why I've kind of been more way more on the Bobby trade Bobby. There's a couple reasons why I've been way more on the trade Bobby train than like trade Pat. Like I'm not I'm not sitting here saying Pat's been playing well or anything. Pat's been not good, and I get that. But number one, as you said, all all those things with him having relationships with Dame, with Giannis, with the owners, um, all of that that's not going to lead to him very likely being traded. I think Bobby, yes, Bobby has relationships with those guys and is a big part of the locker room, but I think it's a little bit more likely Bobby's traded. Um, I think the return that each of them could get is to me a lot different. And that's why I'm like trading Pat to me doesn't get you a ton. I don't, I don't, I don't envision getting a really solid role player by trading Pat content and a pick or trading Pat. And if, if you can, great. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, there maybe they can, maybe horse will pull off some magic again. But to me, if you're going to get a really proven guy, a really solid guy that you can have out there consistently in the playoffs and gives you what you need, you've got to give up, you know, probably Bobby. Like that's kind of the one guy I keep coming back to. I'm like, I, you're not giving up the core guys. And the one on the bench that has the most trade value is Bobby. And so like, that's just where I kind of always come back to is he's probably the one that you have to trade and he's struggling a lot as well. So um, that difference in their returns that I expect there is, is a big reason why I'm much more on the trade Bobby train than the trade Pat train. Cause the trade Pat train to me is, well, you're like, sure. You're going to get rid of them, but you're not going to, I don't even think you're going to get anything for Pat. That is much better than, than Pat has been for the most part in his career. And I don't think you're going to get anyone that's been better in the playoffs than Pat. And that's, a, again, another big thing is Pat has struggled in the regular season, but every time he struggles in the regular season, he turns it on in the playoffs. So I have much more confidence in him playing, you know, leveling up in the playoffs than I do in Bobby Portis. So I don't know. To me, if you're getting rid of Pat, I, I, I'm not sure you're getting anyone that actually makes you a ton better. Whereas I'm pretty confident if they can trade Bobby for, you know, a good role player, a good defender, it's like, you're that's going to improve the team. It's going to make you better. So I don't know. There he is, Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter, Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Download this great and growing podcast on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast at. Uh, and, of course, on the YouTube Odyssey Sports page, follow, like, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, all that fun stuff. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk again on Thursday. Toodles. Toodles.